Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going good. Uh-huh. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Marriage of Inconvenience by Penny Reed and just a general Penny Reed love fest in general. Um, but mom, what have you been reading? Not that I don't already know. <laughs> Well, it's very possible that I've been reading some Penny Reed because <laughs> <Have> you <laughs> when you told me we were reading this book and this book is the seventh book in the it series. It is the seventh and book. And I had yeah. not even started the series. I hadn't even read Beauty and the Mustache. I hadn't read any of the books in this series. Mm-hmm. So I had to start at square one and try to get through all seven books. I gave you a little warning. That's why you we did give were me starting. So I started last time. Yeah. And um, however, I got through all seven books and then started the next series and did the novellas. <laughs> yes, so. she did. Yeah, it was, you, you did, you know, it was such a hardship on you, you poor baby, because you it hated was, every second of it, right? I did. Well, probably my husband's probably ready to divorce me because he <laughs> can't remember what I look like. <laughs> yeah. So um, for me, yeah, I, last time I was reading Beauty and the Mustache, uh, rereading it because I had read that one before. Uh we both read uh, the happily first Ninja at first sight, happily ever Ninja. Then Dating-ish, what I which I had already read, but I reread the Marriage of Inconvenience. Then I read the Elements of Chemistry, which is made up of Attraction, Heat, and Capture. That's by Penny Reed. Uh, and then I read the Rugby series by her and L. H. Causeway, which is the Hooker and the Hermit, the Player and the Pixie, the Cat and the Coed. And so it's just been. Penny. And I, I didn't read the chemistry series, but I am reading the rugby series, and I'm in the second book. I'm in the middle of the series. Yeah, I did not want mom to, to read that series because um, it's a lot sexier. It's, it is sexier. And I got myself in trouble. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll kind of delve into a lot of those later because we're going to just use every segment of this episode to talk about Penny Reed. So we'll we'll get to all of that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Marriage of Inconvenience, like I said, by Penny Reed. I should count how many times we say Penny Reed in this episode. Um, so have you heard of her, Mom? Did we? Uh... Have I? Yeah, it rings a bell. The name rings a bell. <laughs> it's the seventh story in her Knitting in the City series. Um, and in case we haven't made it clear, we're fans. Um, we're going to talk later about the series as a whole. But in backwards fashion, we're going to discuss the last book of the series first. Well, first of all, I think we need to point out that a while ago we read The Winston Brothers. Yes. And I had like an obsession. Session. She did. I was like a woman possessed. Yes. And I read this whole series two times and listened to it on Audible and just fell in love. Love, yeah. love, love. So, um, and I thought to myself, oh, I just really love these Winston boys. That was my, that's the, you know, mindset that I had, that I just love the Winstons. Mm-hmm. But then I started reading the Knitting in the Series. Knitting in the Knitting in the City series. <laughs> it is a little I, bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> and I realized, no, I'm in love with Penny Reed. <laughs> Penny Reed and I could be besties. <laughs> we could hang out. And, um, yeah, kind of stalkerish, right? A little yeah, bit creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll say, hit us up, Penny. We'll, like, you know. <laughs> but... Because I loved so much about this series for lots of different reasons. Yeah. But and we knit. We can hang out and knit. We do with knit. Penny. Mom just I taught have... me to knit at Christmas time. I did. And I have a lot of yarn. I have a lot of yarn. Yeah. I'm a crocheter too. Yeah. But anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah. Lots of love. Lots, lots of love. Lots. Lots. Um, so I wanted to start doing something a little different to summarize the books, something other than the back cover descriptions. Are you going to do um, this every time? No, I am not doing this every time. Um, mom doesn't know exactly what I did. I but, don't. But, um, mom. And I'm scared. Yeah, you should be. I'm scared. Mom, what's the one thing that most white girls should not try and do? 
rap <laughs> rap but <laughs> however you have a gift my friend mom don't say that before you listen to this <laughs> so because you grew up memorizing raps in songs that i couldn't even begin to uh, you know figure out what they were saying and you had them memorized and could yeah. spout them off my f- my friend and I once, uh, he and I made a bet uh, when we were like 10 um, oh. and to see who could memorize the words to Baby Got Back uh, first, I won. Um, so that's a skill. I know all the words <laughs> to Baby Got Back. I know most salt and pepper Don't songs. Don't pretend like you're not impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, most salt and pepper songs like backwards and forwards. Shoop uh, is my favorite. Let's just be real. Um, so that's the segue into this. Um, so I pre-recorded it because I knew that there was no way that I'd get through it without laughing. So drop me a beat. Now here's a little story about Cat and Dan A shy little miss and a sexy Boston man See Cat's a billionaire, stacks to spare To a major pharmacore, she is the heir But she's got this cousin Caleb, a total goon To get the company, he wants Cat ruled a loon Her uncle Eugene says the best course is to marry But here's where things start to get a little hairy Cat's had a thing for Dan since day one For Dan's bod and wit, she is totally spun She puts off asking him for as long as she can But of course the best option is to marry Dan Dan, of course, agrees to marry Cat. No great hardship, he sees that. Dan, too, has crush on Cat from first sight. He's more than happy to play her white knight. But he makes it clear he wants no gratitude. She can only think him a real rad dude. To you gentle readers, I should warn. Dan and Cat once had an awkward morn. They woke up once together in Sin City. It left our Cat feeling a little gritty. Words were said that left both in turmoil. For a time, their love they did spoil. At their real wedding, they cleared the air. Not only that, but their bodies they do pair. Babies being born kills the mood. In regrets and hormones, they both stewed. They both admit to having some real feelings, but Dan goes down on earth to do some dealings. Cat was with Dan, and you know what that means. Lots of sexual tension in those scenes. Here's a slight problem with that, though. Cat has difficulties reaching her O. Dan doesn't care, cause he's a great guy, and more than happy to try and try. Cause Caleb shows up to start some trouble, somewhat bursting their happy little bubble. He gets cops to try and bring Cat in, to which Dan replies with a sly little grin. You, you can, can bring her in, she's my spouse. Caleb's evil plans this new stuzzed house. But then he gives to Cat the proverbial knife. Her dad is back home, clinging to life. Cat goes back to Boston to say goodbye. She's not ready, but he does die. Mama Eleanor is the perfect host, the very best of mom that we love the most. Dan tries to give Cat her time to grieve, but each other's bodies they want to cleave. Cat shrink tells her not to orgasm. Dan lets her know that she still has him. They hold it off for as long as they can, but he's going to deliver our boy Dan. Caleb, it turns out, has lost all his money, and he's running the biz a little funny. Dan's bro Seamus is a bit of a crook. Dan's usually giving him a dirty look. At one point, Seamus tries to kidnap Cat, but Dan lets him know that there'll be none of that. After some roleplay where Dan's secretary, Cat finally gets to pop her own oh. cherry. Moved by the moment, she says, I love you. But Dan doesn't think that that is true. He laughs and he scoffs and he says, it's just lust. Cat's brokenhearted, she said it with trust. For Dan, things seem to go from bad to worse. He gets kidnapped and he grows terse. He regrets not saying, I love you too. But now in those thoughts, he must do. Seamus's crew brought him in. But here's where Seamus takes a bit of spin. He's working with Caleb, the wretched sod. But only to get proof that he's a total fraud. Meanwhile, Cat delivers the ransom money. But here's something that's a little funny. Caleb never sees a single dime. Seamus took it all as payment for his time. Reunited once again, Dan feels like a schmuck. He really loves Cat even more than fuck. That and shower sex seem to bridge the gap, and our story's almost ready for its final rap. First an epilogue, 15 years later, Cat has made the company even greater. Twin girls and a boy have joined their crew. In fact, all the knitters' families, how they grew. This book further proves our vital creed. No one writes a book like like Penny Reed. <laughs> so, what'd you think, Mom? <laughs> Ellen, I've never been prouder of you. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I expect. 
expect that every time now. Every book <laughs> Don't expect that every time. <laughs> Was, Other authors are going to become hurt. I don't, I, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't want to set any sort of precedent that I'm going to be able to do that because I am embarrassed to say how long I spent on that stupid thing. Um, okay. It, it does show our love, our special love for one of our favorite authors. Yes, it's true. Um, so, mom, now to the real issue at hand. I think I already know, but... What did you think of Marriage of Inconvenience? Ellen, words cannot describe. (laughs) No, I loved the book. I loved, okay, I don't don't know what she does, what magical thing Penny Reed does, but her Audible books, holy (laughs) freaking crap. They are off the hook. And this guy's Boston voice, oh, man. Mom's yes. got like a serious accent thing. Like I do, <laughs> and now I'm reading these Irish books, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> well, she writes a lot of accents, so that's not fair. Yeah, she does it to me on purpose. Yeah, I'm sure when she's writing them and like getting the audiobooks recorded, she's just like, I have to do this for Julie. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's a middle aged old woman out there that would really appreciate this. <laughs> so yeah i also just loved it and i thought it was like the perfect cap to the series that we just marathoned super hard um i love dan i love that he's like so foul-mouthed and obviously seems like he looks like a tough you know but is just like such a total softy like I texted you a few times, and I'm just like, Mom, Dan is just doing things to me. Like, I love him. <laughs> I love, because, you know, usually F-bombs don't, aren't totally my thing. However, yeah. he was so charming in the way that he would use them. And, and the one where he does the one sentence, and she's like, you used the F-word in every kind of form of speech there. An adverb, a noun, an adjective. I don't know if I should be insulted or impressed. <laughs> Well, he's never, like, using... I mean, sometimes he is, but he's rarely using it, like, with malice, you know? And I think that that is kind of where it comes from. Well, the whole part where she asks him to marry her, and he thinks for a minute, he says, okay, I know a guy. And she's thinking, oh, he's oh, got he's someone else he wants to marry. me off on somebody like, else. No, no, I'm, I'm going to do... I'm going to... She's like, who am I marrying? She's like, you're marrying me! <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. Well, I love that uh, her friend's name is Stephen, right? Yeah. Stephen. I remember that right. Okay. Um, I love that Stephen's like, okay, you ask him, and if he hesitates at all, you can, you know, I'll do it. You can come to me. Um, But so, of course, like, the second she asks him, he's like, okay, yeah, all right, I can know a guy. And then just ends, like, starts (laughs) laying out all these plans, and it's... uh, I just love that. Also, you know, I love me a guy with a dog. So, yes, and um, he does that, have a dog that everyone loves. Yes, and that he loves, which I was, and I love. I love the scene where she's walking around his apartment, and she sees like the picture of him with his dog, and she's just like, "Oh, be still, my heart." Um, and uh, when I re- I highlighted this line because I just thought it was funny. Um, what I might not overcome was the desire to discover what brand of cologne he wore. Sniff it, write it down, buy it, dot, 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 for reasons. <laughs> for dot, 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 reasons. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Well, and then when he asks her what she was doing and she says, I'm going to mess this up, but she says, I was sniffing your underwear and, and smelling oh. your, or sniffing your underwear and feeling your cologne. <laughs> touching your cologne or something like that. And he's like, wait, what? She's like, no, I got that wait, mixed wait, up. Wait, Sorry. Backwards. <laughs> Um, I, with Kat, she's probably, like, she's probably of the, the ladies of the knitting circle. She's probably, like, the one that I relate to the least. And not just, like, the billionaire thing, but, I don't know. There's just, you know, I had, there wasn't any, like, super great entryway into, for me, into her as a character. Um, but I still really enjoyed her, and I think that, um, she did a really good job of, um, making you understand where she's coming from, making you understand, like, her fears with, 
you know, the company and her own sanity that sometimes she questions. And, um, and I, I think like her and her uh, sexual hangups too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, the way that she kind of opens herself up to Dan and how that's like kind of a big thing for her. I just like that whole journey. I do too. And I do love the part at the very end when, when Dan's back and he's tied to the bed and everyone leaves and she's just sitting there with the knife and he's like, aren't you going to untie me? Aren't you going to untie me? She's like, well, wait a minute. She's like, uh, <laughs> let me think about this actually. Yeah, that was Oh, great. I loved it. I love him. I love his gruff exterior. And then his mother was my favorite thing is when someone says, Jesus Christ. And she says, don't you effing use the Lord's name in faith. <laughs> in like, we don't swear in this house. <laughs> It's like, like, I swear yeah. to God. She's like, we don't swear in this house. <laughs> do you want to tell our, do you want to tell your Jesus Christ story? <laughs> About Batman? Yeah. <laughs> well, my son, we were watching because as Ellen will be quick to point out that I let my kids watch movies <laughs> way too young. Well, I watch these movies now and I'm like, I cannot believe that I watched this when I was like well, four years old. Well, you didn't get any of it. You were a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. You but... think we're going to alter our movie watching just because we had stupid <laughs> children? <laughs> um, anyway, we're watching the old Batman, the, the one with Michael Keaton and um, Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson is the Joker. And my son was probably four years old. And... Uh, there's a scene in there where Batman jumps down onto some uh, scaffolding or something and, and picks, you know, is holding the Joker up. And the Joker looks at him and he says, Jesus Christ. And my son turns to me and he says, that's not Jesus. It's Batman. <laughs> and we thought that was adorable. <laughs> it is pretty it's not Jesus. Adorable. It's Batman. I'm surprised the Joker didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Clear as day. It's or... clear. He doesn't get anything like Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway, tangent, but it's a fun story. Um, here's what, like, speaking of tangent questions, but also more related to marriage of inconvenience. Did we ever find out who Stephen is dating? No, we did not. I thought for a long time it was going to be, like, end up being Stan or somebody like that. I thought it would be one of the guys in the in, security like, firm. Yeah. Um. Or Alex? So, is Alex the other one's name? Alex is... No, that's the... Oh, that's what's... That's, it, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's another story for yeah, another, that's another time. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. But I kept thinking it was going to end up being Stan, but then it wasn't, which makes me think, like, he has to be getting something? I don't know. But... I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe, think, like, we'll... I, think... fi- I know she's doing a book about... Janie and Quinn uh, dealing with the baby. So maybe we'll find out in that book. Because oh, um, Stephen is also Janie's friend. Yes. Yeah. They used to work together. Yeah. And and he works in Quinn's firm. So yeah, that could definitely come up. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I just thought it was a great. Uh, I love the epilogue and kind of it kind of gives the whole series really nice closure. And I liked seeing, um, you know, their teenage daughters start to kind of infiltrate their their knitting group which i thought was cute well she wasn't she would be like 20 years old at the time it it was grace because she was five years old in the book and it was 15 years later so yeah and um i liked the part where he says who's this teenage kid and he said oh that's i can't remember who it was now ava's boyfriend and he's like Oh, Desmond's going to be really disappointed. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was oh, cute. Oh, it's so cute. They have crushes on each other. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. The scene, I think I referenced this in a phone call. First of all, Mom and I have had, like, way too many phone calls about, oh, about like these every day. I'm yeah. sick of you. And you don't even live here. Okay, rude. Um, <laughs> but the scene, I referenced it once to you. There was a scene where I was, like, dying of laughter and just, like, giddy giggling. Do you have a guess as to which one it was? It's when he calls her Chachi. No, not that one. Uh, it's a whole scene of the wedding. This the wedding scene. I was dying when the they're wedding scene. Yeah, when oh. they get oh. married, <laughs> they start like heavily making, making out. out. 
<laughs> like he's grabbing a boob and everything. <laughs> and Steven's filming the whole thing. <laughs> and I just, well, like, it's happening. I'm like, isn't the, like, justice of the peace right there? And, <laughs> and Steven, and then I just love when they, like, hear Steven clear his throat. And it's like, got that all on video. <laughs> Well, then he references, Dan references it later. He's like, I love going back and watching our video. <laughs> but we can't show our kids. <laughs> yeah, I I just loved that scene so much. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I also really liked their texts when they were, when he was in Australia and they were kind of having this, it was kind of like they were getting to date a little bit. It was just kind of cute, you know, because they're already That's married, cute. but. It was cute. It was definitely a very fun story. Yeah. Um, And I thought there was, like, perfect amounts of mustache twirly villain, you know? Right. Because the cousin is very sinister. Yeah. Um, Because And I love how he thinks... Because here's the thing. Everyone thinks that Dan's this dummy because he's got this stupid Boston accent. You know, not... I'm quoting, finger quoting. Yeah. Um, because he's got this accent that makes him sound and he like was in like a gang when he was right. a kid and you know and then he just brings it to the table with Caleb and it's just like this and this and this and he's just blows him out of the water because he's so knows his business so well and i love the like moments where you know he stands up for cat and like kind of gives Caleb what for and then um you know he turns to cat and he's like Anything else, honey? And she's like, nope, that should be it. Thanks, darling. Darling. (laughs) It's just cute. (laughs) Um, Some of the, like, business dealing stuff went over my head, but that's just me and not necessarily a complaint. It's just because I'm a dummy when it comes to, like... Did you read the little intros to the chapters? Yes, I did, but I'm still just, like... Which is probably, you know... So disappointing. After that, <laughs> after that famous rap, and now this. <laughs> I don't think rap, you know, is necessarily... I was on such a high, and now I just am disappointed. <laughs> um, the other uh, exchange that I highlighted that I loved um, was between her and Sandra, and it says, um, she pushed her lips together, puckering them thoughtfully, this man, does his name rhyme with fan? I laughed, rubbing my forehead. I can't tell you. Will you tell me if it rhymes with pan? I laughed harder, but chided, Sandra, I can't tell you. Hmm. She looked like she was trying not to smile, her green eyes bright and happy. Okay, fine. You're not going to tell me. Fine. So let's, so this man, let's call him Dan. Sandra, hypothetically. Oh, it's adorable. And then she keeps referring to, okay, well, you have to go with Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So are you ready for some questions? Yes. I'm ready for questions. Okay. What did you think of the misunderstanding in Vegas? We should say that there's like a brief novella um, that's kind of just a couple scenes uh, leading up to this book. And one of them is this misunderstanding that they had in Vegas. She got really drunk started coming on to him. He didn't want to take advantage, so he just kind of let held her hair while she puked and got her into bed, and then they ended up sleeping together, but not in the biblical sense. Um, and she kind of made assumptions and uh, thought that they had and said some things that led Dan to think, do you think that Dan was justified in leaping straight to polyamory or whatever i'm not saying it right or i don't think but polyamory is something completely different polyamory amory isn't that it yes i sure i don't know i've never heard the word before but um it seemed like something that maybe should have been clarified a little better before he just decided i can't do that with her because Mm -hmm. because what she said is I'm not good at monogamy. I think that's yeah. what she said. And so he yeah. took that as, oh, she likes to have multiple partners at one time. Yeah. And he couldn't bring himself to do that, especially with her, because he had such grand feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And um, so that kind of kept a bridge between them for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes when we really like someone, we come up, we have such insecurities about, are they going to like me back, that we kind of... Uh, 
leap you know, to tend conclusions. To leap to weird conclusions because we don't want to, it's hard to put ourselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes that's sense. A good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I just wish that they had, I mean, it had been years, right? Like multiple years had passed. And I'm like, two, you guys two years. Okay. I'm like, you guys couldn't f- figure this out. And he like dated this other chick for a long time. And, just but they wanted. always had fe- they always were like sneaking peeks at each other and always had feelings. Always, for each other. I mean, like that was coming up in like every single book every preceding single book. this book. Um, yeah, and that's why people have been clamoring for for Dan and Cat. Um, Eugene tells Cat because Eugene is her legal consultant, but she calls him Uncle Eugene because you know she kind of grew up with him in that kind of relationship. Um, he tells Kat specifically to find someone when, where feelings won't get in the way, and she ends up with Dan. So, you know, not a great pick. Um, well, and that's the whole thing about – and I never understood that. Why would he want her to pick someone where feelings yeah, won't get Yeah, so that was my question is why do you think that he said that? And then why didn't he seem to have any problems with the fact that she was, like, obs crushing on her hubby? Well, and the whole thing about um... – you know, because she would say, oh, I, this is really going to complicate things because I really, really like him and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, why do you have to marry someone that you don't, you don't have feelings like. for? <laughs> I guess the whole point was that it was just going to be a temporary thing. And, and so she didn't want to marry someone in a temporary situation that she really liked because she didn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Or like have hurt feelings when there's like a bunch of money involved. Like maybe that was. I I. <clears throat> The answer to your question, Ellen, is IDK, which is what fifth graders write on tests all the time. (laughs) And mom would know. IDK. Uh, I don't know. um, Let's talk about Kat's little orgasm problem. Why do you think she couldn't ever relax? And how do you think that overcoming that brought them closer together? Well, first of all, I thought that Sandra did an excellent job of explaining it. Yeah. That and I really liked, you know, that Sandra and, you know, therefore Penny Reed um, kind of took that as an opportunity to kind of talk about how, you know, women don't have a magic pill that we can take and all of a sudden become right. aroused. Um and it's not something that gets talked about kind of in the same way, like with guys where it's like, oh, poor you, like, here's medicine to fix that. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's, you know, harder for women in most in, in every way. It's harder for women to orgasm and things like that. So mm. <laughs> I Mom? disagree with you there. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> well. I'm going to have to say that you're wrong about that only because women are, it's much easier to have more than one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know that, but that it takes a little more finesse. Is that fair? Sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) I don't want to burst your bubble. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think it just depends. And I think what, Kat's whole thing was is because she had you know a drug and alcohol problem for a while mm-hmm. and that was the only time she'd been able to orgasm that mm-hmm. she would get tense about it whenever she tried to do it without the drugs and alcohol and then the tension is what kept her from being able to enjoy it yeah um so it's not that she couldn't it just she needed to realize that you know she kept thinking she couldn't do it without that crutch but in reality, she just needed to kind of overcome that tension. Yeah. And I liked, you know, that they, they get this advice to, you know, to be intimate without, you know, having the final goal be an orgasm for her. And um, I like kind of the different ways that they they try to hold that off. And, you know, they keep saying, like, you want to play Monopoly? <laughs> like, <laughs> or something like that. Um, but... Uh, and I think that that worked for them because I think it gave them opportunities to be intimate where that where they weren't focusing on that and like, you know, build up to their intimacy and things well, and like the little that. role playing things and that yeah. kind of stuff. That was cute. Yeah. Mr. O'Malley. <laughs> oh, I love that when she, when he like you think that she's playing secretary and then she's like. Oh, he's playing my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> I that was 
Um, so what do you think of the relationship between Seamus and Dan? Uh, what do you think kind of is the crux of a lot of their problems? I can't read the name Seamus without thinking of the wee baby Seamus <laughs> from Archer. <laughs> from Archer. <laughs> I think his brother is jacked up. I think, um, yeah. I think that there is, I always kind of, I, I think th- he has feelings for his brother. I think he has feelings for Shane, the wee baby Seamus. But, um, <laughs> he, I, you know, he just knows he's such a lost, not a lost cause, but he's so, in so deep that it's hard, it would be hard for him to turn his life yeah. around. I kind of think that maybe, um, you know, because, Dan obviously has some daddy issues uh, with the way that his dad kind of abandoned them and abandoned his mom. And um, and I kind of thought that maybe this would get touched on, but it didn't. And maybe I was just reading too much into it. Um, but that maybe Seamus kind of has some issues with the fact that, you know, this woman that he looks at it as, as his mom is not actually in reality his mom. And so his mom and his dad are out of the picture. Yeah. And but... his and that like he's dealing with these siblings who all are the actual children of this woman that he obviously like loves. Seamus obviously loves their mom. Um and so maybe he's got like some weird insecurities that are going on there or maybe and maybe I was just reading too much into that, well, but that could be, but I don't think that that was the focus of the book. So no, I don't no, know no. that we got it into that but um but that's the reason that dan didn't think he was in love with cat right off the bat is because his dad had married his mother because he was grateful for what she had done and so dan kept thinking yeah cat's just grateful you know she's just grateful to me well he he stresses that several times he's like i don't want your gratitude don't be grateful and i like that moment at the end when you know she ends up paying the ransom money to get him back and she's like, are you so grateful to me? Is that what's going on? How <laughs> will I ever be me? able to know if you actually love me or if you're just grateful? And he's just like, well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I get it. Um, the other thing is, did Seamus get to keep the money? I guess so. Yeah, I but thought that maybe like they it was would... kind of a drop in the bucket to her. It seemed like a kind of weak amount of money. Yeah, considering how much... She has got. Yeah, maybe they didn't think she loved him as much as he did. <laughs> maybe um, I like the when Janie, you know, with her facts is like Dan. The standard is two million, so you should feel grateful that you're that you're worth three million. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was cute. Um, and yeah, I thought that there would be some sort of like Alex hacks into Seamus's bank accounts and gets back gets the money, the money back. but. And I think they were fine just letting Seamus have it. Yeah. Like, hopefully that's enough to get him out of whatever he's whatever. In, in. The country, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, as, uh, just as long as Caleb didn't get it, that's really yeah, all that's, that matters. Yeah. And Caleb got screwed, so that was good. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, were you uh, at all surprised that it was Kat who said, I love you first of the two of them? No, because Dan had his hangups. I mean, we could tell through the book. From the beginning, you could tell that Dan loved her. I mean, yeah. when she asked him to marry him, he's like, yeah, let's go. I mean, he loved her then. He loved her before. He's loved yeah. her since he met her. Yeah. <laughs> he just had issues with figuring that out. Yeah. But, um, so I wasn't terribly surprised. Yeah, I but was... it was heart-wrenching. Yeah. When he didn't say it back. And, it and just... when he, like, laughs at her and is like, no, you don't no, think that. And That's she's cute like, that you think so. <laughs> I love that she starts, like, throwing crap. And she's like, she's just don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I like that. Um, I, yeah, I was a little surprised just because um, Dan was always the one that, you know, kind of emoted leading, the most strongly kind of leading the relationship yeah sense. yeah but it did make sense that um you know i think 
her hang up was, you know, not necessarily being quick to open herself up to other people. But like, as soon as she was able to do that with Dan, it was just like, yeah, I love him, obviously. Um, I think Dan's hang up being the whole, um, I don't know exactly what love looks like and I don't want her to just be doing this because she's grateful for me marrying her or giving her an orgasm or, you know, whatever it may be. I think he, because of his parents, like he has a hard, he has a hard time like trusting emotions sometimes. And, um, so it made sense that it ended up being Kat first, but I think so too. And it gave her something to push it gave her something to push the relationship. Yeah. Where he's kind of been the one, I don't know, holding it together or pushing it forward. Yeah. It gave her a chance to shine in the relationship. Yeah, that's true. Um, what did you think about the moment between Kat and Marie that was kind of towards the end um, where she asks Marie, like, are you going to write a story on us? And Kat kind of goes into her journalistic integrity speech marie 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 yeah sorry goes into her well i wish more journalists were like marie that's what i thought during that (laughs) not just grasping at sensationalism but had some real integrity that's what i thought when i read that i thought more journalists should be like marie yeah and i like that um you know cat cat kind of thinks to herself like okay there's gonna be um things about Marie's and I relationship that's going to change now just because of her job and my job. Um, but that, you know, she's like, but I could never, you know. Yeah, she wasn't mad about it. She she figured it could happen and she wasn't going to be mad at Marie for doing what she had to do. Yeah. And I like that she says, like, but no matter what, like, I need her in my life as a friend. So, and I think I, think I liked that just because... Um, I like that it's it seems to say to me like we can disagree on certain things and like have different like professional goals and things like that but it doesn't mean that we can't communicate as people and still like love each other as humans. Helen, you should write that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're, you're being so sarcastic. deep. I <laughs> giving her the stink what me being sarcastic (laughs) yeah i know that's so unlike you anyway i was trying to have a nice moment but that's fine of course (laughs) and i had to of course you stop that right now (laughs) shut your whore mouth right now stop doing that (laughs) this is is my mother who tells me to shut my whore mouth um and finally mom we've kind of touched on this but what did you think about how we left the knitters Oh, I loved it. I loved the scene at the end. In fact, there was one of the novellas that I hadn't read that I was thinking I'd go back and read. But then after I read the epilogue and this, I was like, you know what? That was such a good closure. I really didn't feel the need to delve back in. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, I know she's going to write some more with them, but um, I loved getting to see, like, everybody's still, you know, because there's a scene in the book where Sandra's like, everything's changing. I feel like we're not going to hang out as much anymore and it makes me sad but I like living and having babies and yeah and I just liked getting to see that you know even if it's not as often they still you know because I've got college friends and things like that and I think what I've learned about having friends as an adult is um you know like the real test of friendship is like if you can go Uh, you know a year or so without seeing or talking to each other but like you hook up back together and it's like nothing changed um like I think that that is what it's all about Charlie Brown I don't I don't have any friends (laughs) you don't (laughs) just me I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) Ellen's my only friend (laughs) bless you Ellen (laughs) okay so for now do we have any other thoughts on Specifically, marriage of inconvenience, mom. No, I loved it. That's we my loved thought. it. 
we're going to talk more about Penny Reed. So we'll, we'll leave Marriage of Inconvenience there for now. So those are our thoughts on Marriage of Inconvenience. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 2nd, we'll be discussing Hello, Stranger by Lisa Kleypas. It is the fourth book in her Ravenel series. It uh, came out end of last month I think um so for now we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking about more wait for it welcome to our little break segment um we're going to start a new feature on here I don't know how often it's going to be as bountiful as it has been this past time well it's Um, gonna make me change the way I do things (laughs) Um, I'm going to call it texting with mom. Uh, that's, first of all, I've posted Instagram, uh, I've posted pictures of texts that I've gotten from my parents before. Uh, one such exchange was, um, I posted this to my Instagram a few years ago. Uh, I had gone to a tire store and I told my parents that I was buying new tires and I'm like, I'm trying to be extra kind and, you know, bubbly so that I can get a better price and mom says yeah show them show them what your mama gave you or something like that and my dad proceeds to say yeah work Thelma and uh work uh Laverne and Shirley which is the name of my boobs as my dad apparently knows well Um, here's the deal Ellen what you've got big boobs (laughs) there's nothing wrong with working the merchandise So I posted that to my Instagram and my friends were all like, your parents are crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, Mom, I went back and counted. We have over the past uh, like three weeks or so, we've had 286 texts related to Penny Reed. I'm surprised we're even still still speaking to each other. <laughs> that we still have things to speak to each other. Um, so I'm going to read you a series of uh, texts from Mom. That I've received over these past few weeks. We'll give these some are lies. I did not send her any texts. <laughs> we'll give some clarification uh, as we keep going. Um, uh, from mom, best line so far. He gives me zings in my things with the crying, <laughs> laughing emoji. That was from Friends Without Benefits, I believe. Yes, that is a very good line. It by is the way. a very good line, <laughs> and we've used and it she, a few times. She since. brings it up over and over again. So. Yeah. Uh, from mom, I think this book is making me pregnant, which you know is quite a feat considering I don't have the parts. Um, <laughs> that was in reference to Alex from Love Hacked and in reference to the fact that mom had a hysterectomy and no longer has her lady parts. <laughs> so when I say my things, anyway, um, <laughs> however, and this is a, uh, I need to, um, this is a, uh, criticism of penny reed so this is against our love our love for penny reed here's the deal if you're gonna have a 21 year old boy in a book don't bury that lead because i'm reading i'm getting i'm thinking oh my gosh this guy is so and then it turns out he's 21 i'm like that's younger than all of my children i feel like a freaking pedophile you need to point that stuff out up front yeah mom mom because i had read love hacked before mom and she keeps sending me like, oh, gosh, is he going to end up being like 19 or something? I'm like, just keep reading, Mom. Just wait. Because she was jonesing uh, for Alex something fierce. Okay. Anyway, let's go back okay. to my lovely texts. Um, From Mom. Man, Drew just seems S-A-H, which she clarified via GIF meant sexy as hell. <laughs> he was. <laughs> And I should say, mom really likes to communicate via GIF. Um, I sent, and yes, I use the hard G as opposed to the the soft G. Um, I taught mom how to use a GIF keyboard, and I think all of my siblings have since voiced to me that they regret that I did that. (laughs) They have not. You lie. I love my GIFs. (laughs) She does love her GIFs. 
We've had whole conversations in depth. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, from mom, BTW, which means, by the way, mom, you're just so, like, cool and hip. I, with... I can't help it. <laughs> uh, so, BTW, I'm not a huge fan of endearments, but when Drew calls her sugar, well, let's just say it puts things in my things, winking emoji. <laughs> Okay, it did. (laughs) Okay, this is my favorite one. Uh, (laughs) I can hardly wait. Mom, in case you were wondering, I was going to make a comment about needing to be added to the Winston Brothers schedule, but that was mostly just to gross you out. To which I replied, (laughs) mission accomplished. (laughs) Well, that was in after we'd been talking about some sexy part. In fact, it was after we'd been talking about Drew. Yeah. And how sexy and Drew was. So you, in case you are not aware, the Winston brothers have a schedule in which they have the opportunity to use the bathroom to, uh, how can I put this delicately? Pleasure themselves. Sure. That's a <laughs> delicate way, I guess. <laughs> Masturbate. <laughs> worse, worse somehow. Um, okay. Pleasure themselves. Mom. I'm in a penny read coma right now. These books are freaking kryptonite. I can't sleep or get anything done while I'm reading them. That's just insight into what our past few weeks have been like. And then, finally, the capper to it all. This text that my mom sent to our entire family group text message. I sent it to the wrong... Did she? Everyone's done it where they've been texting with someone and then, you know, someone else texts and then you send the the next text to the wrong person. That happens all the time. So my brothers and my dad make fun of us enough for reading these books. But mom then has to send this message. Oh, Ronan, you nasty boy. Ronan is the uh, lead character in Hooker and the Hermit. But, of course, when you say, you nasty boy, my brothers are going to have a freaking field day with that <laughs> and start. Well, this is the way it went down. So I had been working out and listening to the audiobook, And then when I got done, I just read, I just listened to one of the, you know, sexier parts of that book. So I sent that text off to Ellen, I thought. <laughs> And then I, you know, kind of set my phone down. And I went and got in the shower. So I get out of the shower and there's like 20 texts. On my, I was like, what the heck is going on? Okay, now you may continue with your story. And it was just my brothers just giving us grief. I don't want to get into the things that they were saying because <laughs> it will tell you too much about how our family is crass and inappropriate. Well, and so I figured once I realized what I'd done, that I'd sent that to the whole family I said, I thought to myself, well, I could just apologize up one side and down the other, or I could just own it. And so I decided to just own it. And I said, well, but if you guys could, if you guys knew what he was doing. <laughs> You'd understand. You'd understand. Ronan, Ronan is slight. He's got, he's got some uh, light proclivities to him. Yes. Um, so that has been texting with mom. I hope you enjoyed that little insight into what we do in our free time. Um so until the next time mom tweets me embarrassing things, uh, we'll, we'll see you then. And we're back to talk more about uh, Penny Reed. It's just more of that. Um, but mainly we, we had marathoned this whole series. So there was just things that we wanted to talk about Um that were in other books in the series. So we thought we'd just do kind of a quick little knitting in the city retrospective, so to speak. How did you think about the series as a whole? What, which of the books? Well, I love the series as a whole. I love yeah. the girls. I love the camaraderie between the girls. Um, the friendships so many feel of these... really real. It felt like they felt right. like a real group of friends. And so many of these um, romance series focus on guys like groups of guys Mm -hmm. and um so it was refreshing to have this whole group of girls that just love hanging out and love each other and love taking care of each other because in every single book they all pitch in to help each other out of some kind of problem Mm -hmm. and um it's great I love I love the camaraderie and the friendship that these girls had yeah women 
Um, I know the book that mom wants to talk about the most is um, Happily Ever Ninja, which is the fifth book in the series, I want to say, about Greg and Fiona. Um, I read the book first and I texted mom this. I said, there are parts of this book that really remind me of you and dad, and that just is making other parts weird, namely the sexy times. Um, Mom, when she was reading this book, texted me, BTW, uh, again, so mom's using her cool hip kid acronyms, um, this book is killing me. She says, I have cried multiple times just because I so relate to what she is going through. It's like Penny Reed reached into my soul and wrote it in a book, but made us better looking and more exciting. Sass levels are similar, though, which is true. (laughs) So, mom, do you want to talk about why this book affected you so intensely it really did I had multiple I teared up multiple times even before they got into the crux of the story um my personal background and I we've talked about this before is my husband was an air force pilot Hmm. and I spent a lot of time uh home alone without him uh, there and I had my kids um, little kids, so similar to Fiona. little tiny children, um, with him gone a lot. And so especially the beginning of the book where she's just trying to be tough and strong <clears throat> and just muddle through day to day without a husband ever around. I totally related to that because that was, was what I dealt with. For the whole first part of my marriage. Yeah, and I just knew from talking to you about what that was like, you know, that uh, you were going to relate to a lot of the ways that she conveyed what that's like. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty similar to I know what mom went through with a lot of a lot of that stuff. Well, and then later on when he was, you know, if you want me to quit, just tell me to quit. You know, that kind of thing is like, I never had that option. I couldn't just tell my husband to walk away from his Air Force career. It's not like something you can just walk away from. And um, there were so many times, well, for example, when I got pregnant with my third child, uh, Ellen was four at the time, and I had miserable pregnancies. In fact, I'd probably have more children if I wasn't so (laughs) ghastly sick all the time. And so I'm, and then of course, right after I got pregnant, my husband got sent away for two or three months and and I'm home puking my guts out (laughs) and Ellen comes up and she rubs my back and she says mom don't spit out the baby (laughs) and (laughs) and then I said Ellen can you get me a washcloth and put some water on it and she did and she brought me a wet washcloth and then after that every time I'd go to throw up Ellen would go get a washcloth and put water on it for me it was adorable I was so but I was cute. still puking my guts out and I was miserable <laughs> <laughs> and then after so my third baby is born and I've got two other kids and when he when I think my baby was like 6 weeks old and then Greg got sent away again for, that's another thing. My husband's name is Greg, too. <laughs> also, like Greg and <laughs> Which also made it a little weird. But um, <clears throat> then he got sent away for another, like, two months, three months, and didn't even see my baby again until he was, like, five months old. So here I am, home alone, with an infant and two small children, trying to do it all on my own. And then, so my other, not Ellen, but my other child, in between my middle child is a boy, and um, he quickly learned that as soon as I sat down to nurse, he could get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there trying to nurse a baby, trying to wrangle in my middle child who was very mischievous. Yes, he was. And um, <laughs> it was quite uh, daunting. And then... Um, Not to mention during all of this, we're living in the middle of... We're living on the like northern tip of Maine where yes. it's, you know, no snow on the ground like three months out of the year. And it was a terrible mom, place to live. Mom loved it. Maureen Air Force Base, if anyone knows or remembers. But um, we were literally like five minutes away from the Canadian border and way up there and crazy weather. And I'm stuck inside my house 
with my three adorable children, but <laughs> it was, they were long, it was hard. And um, pretty much once the Gulf, the first Gulf War hit, my husband was gone. We figured an average of six months out of every year, not in one pop, but, um, you know, just in six weeks, two months, three month intervals, but he would be gone a lot. Yeah. So, so I really related to Fiona and her and what she was going through. Well, I know you really liked because mom's big bugaboo. She hates watching TV shows or movies or something when a spouse is complaining about how much, you know, the some, other spouse works. Yeah. And how much they like. And it's like, okay, so you're living in this big, beautiful home and uh, this person that you're married to is working their tail off to keep you in the niceties that you have and all you're doing is whining and complaining about how much they're at work and how about trying to be a little supportive because I had to live my life being extremely supportive and I'm not going to listen to you sit and whine and moan about it (laughs) so mom liked that that it never did that in this book and that Fiona was never whiny she just expressed her feelings in a healthy, constructive way, yes? Right. And I will mention that it was really hard on me when the kids were real little. Then as the kids got older and, um, can I say, more fun to be around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it got easier for me, but it got way harder for my husband. It got really hard for him to be away and miss, you know, sports games and and school plays and Eagle Scout projects and all these things that my kids were all involved in that he had to miss out on because, uh, you know, yeah. and I was home for. And I think he feels like, because I really do have a pretty special uh, connection with my kids. And a lot of it's just because it was I was us. home all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think he feels like he missed out on, I mean, he has a good connection with the kids too. I don't want to make it sound like he doesn't, but. It's definitely different, um, though. Like, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it would get really hard for him to leave when he was getting ready to leave on these trips. And he would get really grumpy. And I finally would say, I can't wait for you to leave. <laughs> yeah. You'd make it easy on us and get really grumpy before <laughs> he like, left. Finally, he's out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, a lot of the feelings and emotions that Greg in the book related um, kind of just reminded me of I know how dad would feel about, you know being away from us too yeah but but he really didn't like it yeah but at the time there was not much we could do about it yeah um i knew i knew that when i read that book i was like oh mom's gonna mom's gonna like this one um, and then there's the fact that i'm a cia agent yeah there's that little chestnut i totally related to that <laughs> <laughs> she's kidding that's the farthest <laughs> You're ruining it for me, Ellen. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think you're CIA. But then looking days. at other books, looking at the other books, I just had the problem with Alex's age, which I already described. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So here's a question for you: uh, Who is your favorite knitting spouse? Ooh, that's a hard question. I think I would go with Nico. Or maybe Dan, or also maybe Greg. But Greg is just a little weird for me because he does remind me of Dad in a lot of ways. So I would specifically go with Nico, I think. I loved Nico. I don't know. I loved Dan. It's hard to... <sighs> Probably Greg or Dan for me. Yeah. Um, who is your favorite knitting lady? Mm... Well, so here's two different questions. Which one would I want to be personally? Or just which was your favorite character to like okay. hang out with for a book? Okay. So here here's okay, my favorite one. I don't know, I like Janie and all her random facts. Yeah, I okay, so I I think I would go with Sandra just because I like I liked her a lot. I thought she was a lot of fun. And I liked her throughout the series. I thought she was fun. But I do like Janie's presence in the group. I thought I love when she kind of like throws in her little things and everybody's just like, oh, Janie. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like 
that's just her. And it's, but if it was I was going to be one, I'd want to be Ashley because I want to hang out with her brother. <laughs> but that would, but then you'd be their their sister. I know. That's fine with me. I okay. just want to hang out with them. That's fine. Yeah. I, I don't want to have sex with any of them. I, well, I that's, just that's where you and them. I differ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed this already on a previous podcast. <laughs> um, okay. And then which was your favorite book? Probably Greg and Fiona's. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that. I think I would go... I don't know why I loved this one as much as I did, but I loved Friends Without Benefits. I just... I love a good, like, friends to lovers and childhood friends, and I I don't know why that gets me so much, but I just loved that And that one. was a good one where he had actually, like, loved her forever. Oh, gosh, I'm such a sucker for that. I'm such a sucker for, like, unrequited love that and his was unrequited for a long time yeah it was so good um yeah i loved that one um and then i know we kind of wanted to touch on just like penny reed's writing in general like what do you think it is about her writing that makes us so like rabid where do i even start and we've chatted about this some I love her banter. I love her dialogue. Mm-hmm. I love um, the sassy dialogue. Because even the people who aren't considered sassy, you know, there's a lot of fun and humor in a lot of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I love the, uh, her made up words and <laughs> just all the silliness of it. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how else I to... was trying to pinpoint it and I, like... This is, it's, uh, it's not enough, but her writing, there's just something about it that's just so special. Like, she is, she's so, like, good at conveying, like, emotions and getting, you know, thoughts and, uh, ideas out there without becoming, like, too preachy or anything, um, but having her characters, like, stand for something still, but also be, like, relatable and, human and funny like always super funny and fun and yeah I just and also I I touched on this with you but she's so good at just like dropping you right in the uh right in the action like right the the first chapter you're like you see the guy you see the girl you see exactly like the plot where it's going to be going and I'm like oh that's that I need to learn more I need to do better at that when I write but and by far I just have to touch on again. The guys she gets to do her Audible books. <laughs> Mom is... I, I mean, I would literally be sitting there and they're like auditioning or whatever. And I'd be, okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, do I need to change anything? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I might need to go change something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, mom, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I love embarrassing <laughs> I could have pulled, I could have held that comment in. <laughs> but of course you didn't. I didn't because I look on your face. It's too precious. Oh. All right. That's, I don't really want to leave it on that. So do you have anything? <laughs> oh, what? That's the best line of the day. <laughs> do you have anything uh, more serious you would like to say? About... <laughs> Sorry, Penny Reed, that my mom had to spoil this nice moment. That we... <laughs> oh, come on. That's what she, she wants, that reaction. <laughs> I will say also, I tweeted about this uh, this past week, but I also fell hardcore for that rugby series. And, um, you know, first of all, I'm I'm curious as to how, like, I've, I'm always curious as to how, like, co-writing works. So the rugby series she wrote with L.H. Causeway. And um, so I don't know, you know, who contributed what. You and I were talking about how you can kind of see glimpses of Penny Reed in there and be like, oh, that's... That's definitely a Penny Reed line. Um, But uh, that that series is, first of all, it's it's 
hot, 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 hot. Um, and yeah, that's what I got in trouble for. Yeah. <laughs> and well, certain they certainly don't have the slow burn in that series that we have in some of our other series. No, no slow burn. And um, I, the plots though are just such like romance catnip. I was just like, oof, those plots are so perfect. They're well. Right now, I'm in the middle of the second um, one. Well, at, and Lucy's trying to teach Sean how to do good foreplay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, you go, girl. <laughs> yeah, that book. Yeah, I think that was my favorite of that series. Um, but that book, that series, if you want, like, Penny Reed, but with, like, some extra heat, whew, yeah, that's that's a good one to check out. Um, Mom, anything else that we want to say about our love and adoration of Penny Reed's no. books? Just keep them coming, and we'll yeah. keep reading them, and we will and keep talking about them. <laughs> we will read them probably several times. We were talking about how we're both probably going to end up rereading the whole Winston Brothers scene uh, series before Roscoe's book comes out, which we're so excited for, by the way. Um, Yay! I don't know if I'm... I'm definitely excited to read Roscoe's book, but I think I'm the most excited because that means that we're only one book away from Billy's book. Billy! (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) And she does a great job with both these series. Um... I don't know. I haven't seen it yet so much in the um, rugby rugby series, but in both these series, setting up one of the couples so that they kind of are touched on in all the books, and then they're the big yeah, finale series. That's true. And so it was Cat and Dan in the Knitting in the Ser- mm-hmm. City series, um, but it's definitely Billy and Clara. In the... She she leaves us wanting more. Smart. She does. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, because yeah, with both of those, I'm like, okay, I just gotta know what's what's going on with these two. So, we finally got that with Cat and Dan, and I am I'm hungry for for uh, Billy. So, in more ways than one, but yeah, <laughs> um, for him and his book. Um, okay, I think that is. I think we've covered it. I, I think, think that's as much. Bottom line, bottom line, we love Penny Reed. <laughs> that's that. In case you haven't gotten that from this episode, <laughs> that is that should be your main takeaway. Um, so thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us for Hello Stranger in two weeks on April second, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or you can find us on Twitter at Not Your Mom's Rom or on Facebook or Goodreads. Or email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub dot at gmail dot com. There we go. Also, we might want to point out that when we do our next podcast, we will be together oh, in the same room, yeah. which is always fun. Mom is coming to visit me for her spring break, um, so we're going to. I'm not going to have to edit as much, which I can get on board with that. You love that, yeah. All right, so we'll look forward to that and hope you join us for that book, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Mom. Bye, Ellen.